Hey, how's it going? This is Chance, and welcome to our new podcast, Knock and Talk. We will be doing this weekly, focusing on success stories and strategies in the door to door sales industry. Each week, we will be introducing topics of motivation, trainings. We'll feature guest appearances, including live stories, true stories of door to door successes and how to overcome different challenges they might see in field. And actually, we have a special guest here today for our very first episode, Carson Murray. What up? How's it going? When I was told that we were doing a podcast and we needed some guests, the very first person that came to my mind was you. You are someone I've talked to since the very first experience I ever had in door-to-door sales. You actually started doing this before I even did. Yeah, I'm getting up there into the old five-year mark. I'm getting old. Five-year marks. Well, Carson came to my mind because I know Carson. I know he's done over a million dollars of personal revenue. You worked with the team this summer that did over a million dollars this summer, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Awesome. And where were you guys at this year? So we started in, or, uh, sorry, we started in Jacksonville, went to Orlando, and then we finished the summer in the branch that I actually helped opened up in Atlanta. So you've opened so, branches as well doing door-to-door sales, correct? Yeah, I've opened a couple. I helped open Jacksonville two years ago. Um, I helped open Charleston um, two years ago as well in the same summer in 2021. And then I helped open Atlanta just this past summer. Awesome. What was it that got you into door to door? Like what, what started that? Dude, that's a good question. I was working at Zions bank making like 12 bucks an hour. The short of it is I didn't want to get paid on time. I wanted to get paid on production. And so I had a buddy approach me with this sick opportunity. And anyways, um, was pretty skeptical about it. My parents were even more skeptical, um, especially because my first summer was during COVID and they're like, oh, we don't want you to go out. Like you should probably stay at home, but I'm glad that I, I'm glad I ended up taking the leap of faith and, and trying it out because it's like 1000% changed my life. So, That's awesome. Yeah. And so I guess that leads me to my second question. Why are you still doing door-to-door sales? Uh, it's called the golden handcuffs for a reason. There's just so much opportunity. Um, it's, you know, I'm 24 years old and I have all the opportunity in the world to do whatever I want. Like the reason I'm where I am today is because as far as like company goes is because I wanted to be somewhere where I could build and I could be for a long time. And I didn't have that constant, like, Oh, I don't know where I'm going to be next year or even five years from now. I kind of have that certainty. And so, um, it's just a great opportunity. I haven't seen anything else come up that has really caught my attention. So I'm just going to keep riding this out. Yeah. And Carson, I know, I know when I first started, you were definitely someone I looked up to as you've done really well. That was one of the things that really intrigued me on the door-to-door sales was I saw you kind of turn around and go, you started doing really well for yourself, right? Yeah. And that was something that really intrigued me was there's definitely opportunity in sales and door-to-door sales, especially, right? I I like the term you used. You said golden handcuffs. Yeah, it's the golden handcuffs. Golden handcuffs. I I can totally see that. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you about and where I thought you'd be a great guest is we're starting this brand new podcast Mm -hmm. and we want to talk about how can we help other people see type of success that you have? I mean, you're not only selling on the doors, you've helped open multiple branches. You've knocked in multiple cities, states, you've knocked all across the nation. Yeah. I've knocked, I've knocked in a lot of different locations. Yeah. You've knocked all across the nation. You've helped open branches. You've obviously done well for yourself. Your teams have done amazing. You've been surrounded by some of the best people in the industry. I mean, you and I both know several of these guys have done Golden Door Awards now. Dude, shout out to Sam Hunter. Shout out to Dude's Sam beast. Hunter. Um, what I want to ask you is actually all around the topic of burnout. 
because you've been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that's not a foreign topic to you. Burnout is definitely something that everyone talks about and and door to door for sure. Awesome. So to start off, you have several years of experience now. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the onset of burnout. How do we recognize those things? So I don't know. Is there a time when you first started? When did you first recognize maybe your first experience at burnout on the doors? Um, first summer, um, yeah. So my first summer I was selling in the Bay area and luckily it wasn't anything that I experienced early on. It was more so cause I was super hungry, like from the get go, like I really, really wanted to, to do well. And I wanted to learn just how to sell and how I could make a lot of money doing it. Like I said, I wanted to get paid for my production rather than time. And so Anyways, I, I'd say the burnout happened towards the end of the summer, kind of like middle to end. And I feel like that's where it happens for a lot of people too, because, you know, the days are super long at that point, you've been selling for two or three months. Um, I mean, just day in and day out, if you just, if you kind of let the job just take control of you, it can get super redundant and it's really easy to get burned out. Um, so anyways, I, yeah, I definitely started feeling it there in like, into like the second or third month. Um, so, but, oh yeah. Tell me, tell me this. How did you recognize that? Like, how did, how, what kind of signs might you experience that are good signs? Cause we have people out there that are going to experience burnout. Yeah. So what are some of the totally. early signs that we can recognize to know like, Hey, I'm starting to experience this. Um, you're on the doors and you like you know what you're supposed to do, but you're not doing it. So like, for instance, you know, you could be a couple hours into working and you're like, I want to sit down and take a break. And then that 10 minute break ends up turning into 30 minutes and maybe even 45 minutes or even longer than that. And it's just the, the wants to be doing something else, not wanting to be out there working, just stuff like that. Yeah. In my opinion, that's how I felt. So I was, I was reading on this topic and I read about mental and physical as well as emotional stressors being a good indicator. Yeah. So I, I heard you say, hey, not doing the right things. Like, you know what you should be doing. You're not following through. Yeah. What are maybe some of those physical signs that you're going through burnout? Physical signs like, sorry, could you elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, like like how, if I'm selling and I'm new to this, how might I feel or how can I catch those early signs of, of burnout? Obviously, I'm not going to be doing the right things. Sure. But what are maybe some of those physical signs that'll help me recognize that this is the challenge I need to overcome. Sure. Um, for me, like, and this, this is, this didn't happen so much my first summer, but it has for sure. in other summers, like, I mean, he, even this last summer a little bit, like physical things for me, what I see with that is like, I have a routine and I think it's super important to keep a routine. Routine's and, big. Yeah. I think routine is huge when it comes down to not just the job, but also not burning out because if you're just kind of all over the place, um, you know, like it's, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I'm on a routine, I feel like I'm the most productive. I feel like I'm just like the most on top of things. And so when I don't have a good routine, I feel like it's super easy to just start burning out. So like for me, the gym is a huge thing. When I'd stop going to the gym in the morning or like want to sleep in and not go to the gym, that's one thing that kind of took control of my day. If you can take control of your day and not let it control you, I think that's going to be huge, like day in and day out for not just burning out, but your overall success in, in, in the job. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and I think too, cause I want to talk about combating burnout. And I think that that's, that's great that you brought up the routine, 
before we even started recording this, you made an interesting comment. You said, in previous summers, I've really felt burnout, but this summer wasn't as bad. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. I know you and you you tend to go out of state when you sell. Yeah. And I know that you, you'll travel to different states, different cities, you'll come back. What made you feel like you weren't experiencing as much burnout this summer? Like why, what were the differences in how you felt previous summers versus this summer? So I had a... I had a goal in my, in the back of my mind that I wanted to hit at the start of the summer. And in years previous, I've had, you know, I've had goals as well. Like for instance, my first summer, I didn't really feel a ton of burnout to be completely honest. I feel like it was more so like my second, my third summer where I felt way more burned out. But, um, I think personally, if you don't want to feel burnout and you want to feel like accomplished day in and day out, set a goal for yourself that you feel like it's achievable, but it's going to stretch you. And if you're dedicated to hitting that goal straight up, there's nothing that should be able to stand in your way. Like this last summer, like you'd mentioned, yeah, like I had said, I didn't really feel too much burnout. And I seriously think it's just because I had that goal in my mind of what I wanted to hit. And I was so driven and dedicated to hit it that like, it didn't control me, but I also knew my limits and knew like what I had to do and what I shouldn't do to set me up for success. And I feel like just the the goal was like the biggest thing because it's crazy when you have something in your mind that you want to hit. It's mm-hmm. when you manifest that. It's a, uh, it's cool what can happen. You'll start seeing the stars align and helping you to be able to be on track to, to hitting what you want to do. Well, I'm gonna pull this up because I like what you mentioned about how you recognized burnout. What you're saying is you you could feel it more in the patterns of your behavior. Is mm-hmm. what you're saying. So if you started falling behind, it wasn't necessarily, oh, this is my area or, oh, it's the people at the door. Oh, it's the weather, the season or whatever. It was more, hey, this is me. Yeah. Like the reason I'm falling behind is because maybe it's some burnout. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not keep holding myself accountable. Maybe accountability is a factor in burnout. Is that what you're saying? I I would for sure. I mean, in my experience with door to door, you can have, I mean, you can chalk it up to area. You can say that, you know, it's to be completely transparent. I mean, you can make a laundry list of reasons as to why you might be burning out or you could just make a thousand excuses as to why you might not be hitting your goal. But like when it all comes down to it, if you really, really want something, you're not going to let anything stand in your way from you being able to get it. Yeah. Well, Carson, we actually went ahead. We looked online for some strategies and maybe you've used some of these before. Maybe you haven't, but I haven't really looked it up. So this will be new for me too. Yeah. Well, tell me what you think maybe, because you've all, you've obviously found your own way. And I love what you brought up about routine. Yeah. And I think that goes to say like in sales, we always hear, oh, consistency is key. You want to get consistent numbers, mm-hmm. but I don't think that people realize how much that consistency and behavior also affects that. Yeah. Right? I think it directly translates. Oh yeah. I, I 100% agree. There's some strategies we found online that actually directly combat burnouts. Uh-huh. And I want to maybe throw them at you and you can help me piece them together. See if this falls in line with what you do. One of those is actually the acronym CARS. Okay. So C-A-R-S. C, con- consciousness of one's mood and emotional state. I think we did touch on that. A little bit. A, acceptance of the starting emotion. Okay. R, recognition that intervention is required. And S, strategy and skill implementation to redirect your mood. So mm-hmm. let's, let's kind of break that down. And maybe give us, try to give us this, a time where maybe you did these things. Because I, I, think, I think you have done this. I think this kind of matches the flow you just explained. Yeah. So when you felt burnout, see consciousness of one's mood and emotional state. You are you already kind of broke that down for me, right? I broke it down a little bit, but yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, dude, burnout straight up like I so not to use me an example for this, just to use some of the guys that I work with. There were some guys that I worked with that had been selling, you know, a little bit more catered to like what you guys do. Like they had started in January and um had literally been selling all year up until the end of the summer when they ended like around the end of September and they started burning out super early on, even like around the time that I got out there, like around April or May. And I mean, doing this job day in and day out, it's super taxing on your mood and it's taxing on your emotional state. So when you can, when you can recognize that it's starting to come on, you got to do stuff to help you kind of get out of like that, that burnout, like state of mind of dude, I don't want to be doing this. There's, I wish I could be doing other stuff. Like I'm just going to hop on Instagram and take a break or whatever. So it's kind of that, that consciousness and that acceptance of the starting emotion. Yeah. And I think the acceptance too is that's a hard part. Like A, acceptance of the starting emotion, being able to tell yourself like I am slacking sucks. Right? Yeah. Like nobody wants to say, hey, I am slacking. I'm falling behind. So I think being able to, that acceptance of the starting emotion and kind of recognition of, and that's honestly the next step ties together, recognition that intervention is required. Mm-hmm. What kind of intervention is needed? I know we talked about behavior, But if I'm already falling behind, if I'm already struggling, if maybe some external factors outside of work are even influencing my mood, for sure. what kind of intervention or recognition for intervention, like what things do you do to help change? Like what's intervention in Carson Murray's words? So for me, and this is, this is funny. I don't ever feel burned out typically. I mean, there are obviously sometimes, but I typically don't feel burned out when I'm actually working. Like for me, it's more so like in the morning before I start work, before I start selling or after I start sell, or after like the day's done and I had like a really bad day, I might feel burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. And this is, this is like, like I said, this might not work for anyone else or it might work for other people. This is what works for me though. So this is like what I'm going to give advice on. But um, I think the hardest part is the drive out to area. And then getting out of the car. What's the hardest door of the day in door-to-door sales? Door number one. Your car door. Your car door. Your car door. <laughs> yeah, dude. Actually, yeah, that is that is so fast. I've heard people say it. that's That's interesting you bring that up, though, because it, it kind of plays into that idea of win the battle before the war even starts. Yeah. Like, don't, don't wait until the battle has started to try to fight. Don't wait until you're 80% there. Mm-hmm. Like, don't wait until you're already sitting at home and it's already halfway through the day. Like, choose to win the battle when the day's just begun. Yeah. And choose when you have that thought of like, it's time to get out to area, go out to area, right? Yeah. I actually, sure. in the book, Atomic Habits, I'm not sure if you've, have you read Atomic Habits? I haven't, I've heard a lot of so stuff about in it. In the though. book, Atomic Habits, there was actually something called implementation intention. Mm-hmm. Know where you're going to be, when you're going to be there, what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Awesome. Well, tell me this then. And I, I think that actually is perfect because we, we said the next thing of our acronym CARS S strategy and skill implementation to redirect your mood. Yeah. That one's kind of interesting, your mood. And I know, I know maybe we were talking a lot about the tangible, like, here's your numbers, here's where you're at, here's what you're doing. But what about the mood factor? Strategy and skill implementation, implementation to redirect your mood. Yeah. So we're in sales, obviously, right? Sales is a lot of things, but I'd say like the number one thing is sales is a transfer of energy. No one's going to want to buy from someone who seems sad or upset or just kind of like down on themselves. People want to buy from a confident, happy person, right? And so for me, when I'm recognizing that, you know, maybe I've had a really anxious morning, like I'm kind of feeling that burnout a little bit. I don't want to go to work. I'd rather go 
play Spider-Man on the PlayStation or go ride the one wheel, right? <laughs> I uh, Go snowboard. Go snowboard, yeah. Carson's Luckily, one of the best snowboarders I've ever known, by the way. So <laughs> if you guys ever get the chance. I did learn from someone good, though, which is which is a chance across <laughs> for me. But um, anyways, so for me, like I said, um, it's just for me, getting out to area, the drive, and honestly, like you said, the hardest – door of the day is the car door. I would definitely agree with that. Once I get out of my car and I'm working, I just try to be the happiest that I can. And I'm really glad you brought it up because there are a lot of outside stuff that can really affect this job. Like I've had just, I've had a lot of like crappy stuff that's affected me before. And it's, I've let the, I've let like my bad mood get the best of me sometimes on the doors and I perform terribly. Right. So, so tell me about this. I, I do want to dive deeper if that's okay. Sure. When we're talking about mood, what is the time that you think your mood was at the lowest or hardest it's ever been for you to go out and sell? Last summer, my mom passed away before the summer and it was, this job's tough, right? And I mean, you've, you're cold, you're cold knocking on doors. You've got to get people outside listening to you. You've got to be engaging with them. And when you feel at the lowest, it's really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to dig deep. You got to find your why more than anything, like, why are you doing this job? Yeah. What are you doing it for? And once you figure that out and kind of hone in on that, I feel like that's where you can kind of start rebuilding mm -hmm. and building that confidence back up. Yeah. I remember this mm -hmm. and I love your mom. Your mom's amazing. Yeah. I think, I think thanks to your mom, you are the person you are. She was such a great lady. I would agree with that too. Um, and I remember how hard that was because not only did you lose your mom, it was the week of your wedding, mm -hmm. which was tricky. Yeah. And then you went out of state. Yeah, that all happened within less than a month. So if it's you don't crazy. if you don't mind sharing, because I admire the capability of you to take all these factors in your life mm -hmm. and organize yourself in a way to still go out and be successful for your now wife. Mm -hmm. You know, like now you're working for your wife and your why, like you mentioned. Yeah. What were the steps you took? So back to our acronym strategy and skill implementation to redirect your mood. How did you do that? Because I've never been through that. That was a lot. Yeah, it's kind so of a unique situation. How did you redirect your mood so that you weren't carrying that baggage at the doors? Um, I, I Just to be honest and transparent, there definitely were like a lot of days that I did carry it onto the doors and I had to realize that early on so I could fix it so I didn't just ruin my whole day. Um, but I don't know, like I did, I tried to keep myself... I try to keep myself focused on, like I'd mentioned my goal, right? You try to keep, I tried to like keep that on the forefront so I could go out and I knew what I was doing that day. Um, but also, and this isn't really too much like related to the job, but I also just really tried to find fun hobbies and fun things to do outside of work that would give me something else to look forward to, right? Like <laughs> I know we kind of joked about it earlier, but like I, if you know what a one wheel is for the audience, I love one wheeling. I finally commit chance to get one. So anyways, I love one wheeling. I like, you know, I'd sometimes if I'm having a bad day, kid you not go hop on my one wheel before I go out and work, go ride a couple miles, come back. And I'd be so stoked. I'd be super happy and I'd go out and carry that energy for the doors and I'd have a good day. But like I said, sometimes you take action to redirect your mood. Yeah. You do something you love and put yourself in the right space. Yeah. You gotta I be proactive. You gotta be proactive. Like if you're not, if you're not constantly working to like better yourself or to like get better at something, then you're just going to be stagnant. And that's when those like 
kind of like bad feelings start to creep in and you kind of start to get down on yourself. Yeah. You're constantly working at like building yourself up and, you know, working on who you are, then I feel like you're always going to be set up yeah. for success. I don't think anything good ever happens when you remain idle. Never, dude. Never. I Never. think that's, I think that's when us as humans beat ourselves up the most. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when we, when nothing good is happening in front of us, we tend to, we tend to stick with the bad. Yeah. In my personal experience. No, I, I would totally agree with that. And when you're out grinding, I feel like the days that are the absolute shortest for me are the days where I'm out giving it my all on the doors oh, because yes, I'm focused 100%. on nothing else. Yeah. I, I personally, I think my favorite knocking days are the days I work the hardest. Dude, same. And it's, it's funny you say that because it's easy to say in retrospect, but it's hard to say the day of when you're going out to the door and stuff. But those days where you're out grinding and you're talking to more people and you're being more successful, they fly by. 100%. And at the end of the day, it's always worth it because you look back at, oh my gosh, look at these people I was able to help out. Look at these like these amazing people I met. And and honestly, look at those goals I hit, how much money I was able to make. Totally. Uh, Mackenzie over here helped us prepare for the podcast. She brought up an interesting article and the title that she put for it was Resilience is the Preventative Supplement. Mm-hmm. In science, there are two ways to look at resilience. The first is a personality trait. You may be born with it or your life path until now has lent to a solid state of resilience that we know as hardiness. Hardiness is often associated with people who have high levels of self-esteem, optimism, extroversion, sense of coherence, and self-efficacy. In the workplace and in life, this constant state of optimism leads them to believe that not only do they have the skills that they need to tackle challenges, they also have the power to be able to find a positive solution. That's one time I can think of many people that fit that. Mm -hmm. The other kind of resilience is one that we learn. Perhaps we were not born an optimist or perhaps our life experience has been more challenging than we'd like. Data shows that people with early life difficulties tend to have a higher stress threshold because they've already experienced and survived hardship in the past. However, whether the coping strategies that this type of personality has developed are healthy depends on the individual. What I like about this is the transparency of some people are going to be more extroverted. And for others, it's going to be a skill we have to develop. Yep. At least in the door-to-door space, because I know there's all the personality tests out there and stuff, but I feel like in door-to-door, you kind of narrow it down to two people. Mm -hmm. It's like you have your extroverts, captain of the football teams, like talk to everybody in high school and stuff. And you have your a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved type people. Mm Mm-hmm. But for some reason, there's always one of each category that can do well. Yeah, for sure. So I think, and I think you would be one of those personally, I've only seen you be a naturally social person, outgoing stuff. And I've had people on my team that do amazing, but I've had, I've watched them develop those skills. Yeah. It's definitely something that you need to develop. Like for me, I developed it. I served um, a two year mission for my church. And I feel like that's where I got a lot of these like skills to just talk to random people. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I do the thing that is always just so cool for me to see is just people who have never, ever, ever had an experience in sales before coming out and giving it their, like just putting like all their time and attention to it and then seeing how good of a salesman they can actually be when they put their mind to it and you now do the trainings learn from the good guy, like learn from the top guys, like in the office. It's really, really cool to see in my opinion, when someone like puts in the, puts in the work to do that. I I love, I love what you just brought up. And can you tell me maybe you've opened branches. You've, you've been a huge role in these teams that have done millions of dollars of sales Mm -hmm. in honestly an impressive amount of time. 
when you do have these people that are new to sales and maybe it doesn't come so naturally to them, have you seen or do you recognize ways that they are able to overcome that? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing, like I had said earlier, is the why has to be deep enough to drive them through like the tough days. Like Maybe days explain that more. What, what do you mean when you say your why? So every summer before I go out, and I know that's relative. Some people are knocking year round. Others are just knocking for the summer like myself. But um, I always have a why attached to like my goals and what I want to do. So, and it's changed every year. Like my first summer, I just wanted to make enough but, money to pay for tuition. But you do this as an activity. Like you sit down yeah. and you write this down. It's like a, yeah, it's like a goal setting session. Awesome. Do you do this of. by yourself or is this yeah. like team led? No, so I just, you, well, so you can do it team led, which is actually a good, it's like a good thing yeah. for team, for like managers to do. But I just do it myself because I know it'll set me up for success. So you sit yourself down. Is this kind of like dark, quiet room type? <laughs> like, is that what this is? Like, you just kind of turn everything off, no distractions in the outside world. And yeah, I usually will write it down, like actual like pen to paper. And how long do you usually do this for? Um, it, It's been, you know, a quick like two or three minute thing before. But it's also, you know, when I try to take it more serious, which I think it is a serious thing because it's literally you know, it's your job. You want to set yourself up for success. So um, it depends on how in depth you want to go. It could be anywhere from, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. It could go longer than that, depending on exactly what you're wanting to get at. But for me, it's usually anywhere from 15 to 20, 30 minutes. So what I'm learning from you and your experience is everything ties back to this idea of your proactivity, Mm -hmm. planning for success. What's that quote? If you don't plan to succeed, you're planning to fail, right? Yeah. So you are planning for success every step of the way and you're being proactive. And I love for what you're sure. saying of nobody has to hold your hand to do this. You sat yourself down in a room to write down your why every summer. Yeah. And every morning you're waking up early to go to the gym or to go ride your one wheel and stuff <laughs> and change your mood. So, so in a yeah. sense, you are being personally accountable. Yeah. I think another thing as well, that can not to get off topic, but I think another thing as well, if you're not careful is friends around you that you work with can drag you down too. That's something really, you really got to be careful with. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it goes back to the thing that our parents said to us when we were like in junior high, you know, like you are who your five friends are. And I fully believe that in the workplace, outside of the workplace, whatever, maybe like, okay. you know, if, if you start seeing your buddy, like having burnout, you might've not thought about it before, but then it starts creeping in your mind and then it gets a hold of you and then you're toast. So, so I, I like the also, cause this isn't in any of my notes to like talk about this, but I like the rock. Cause I didn't even think about this. Mm-hmm. So in, in a lot of cases, people can't choose their team. No. So you can't necessarily choose like the birds of a feather flock together, right? You don't choose the birds you're with, but. But you can choose to have those conversations. Like you can choose to be like, dude, I'm like, I'm burning out. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's kind of like, dude, it's kind of like personally how I've seen it. It's kind of like a disease that can spread through a team. So I, and I like that you said you, so you can't control who's on your team, but you can control those conversations. Mm -hmm. So you are actively identifying those factors and are you approaching your teammate in a way of like i want to help you overcome burnout or what is that conversation (laughs) with me i i feel like i've like i don't know i've experienced a ton of stuff and i've been on both sides of the coin when it comes down to a lot of these conversations i have been the guy that's been like the cancer before but like oh i've been the problem you've been the problem child before i've been the problem before (laughs) I have been affected by someone who is the problem, but I've also been the guy that's like, you know what? I'm stepping back. I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to deal with it. I know what I need to do to be successful and set myself up for success. So I'm just going to avoid this. 
Okay. So, and so when you have those conversations, is it more of a, Hey, if someone's dragging you down, you see a teammate mm -hmm. and maybe they're experiencing burnout. They're having a hard time on the doors. They're not loving life right now. Sure. And it's obviously affecting you. Yeah. Like you show up at the meetings, they're dead weight. They're not too excited. Maybe they're making some negative off comments and stuff. So what, how can you help that person and help yourself? Um, I mean, there's, there's a couple different ways you could look at it. If you're a manager, you first off, you should never, ever, ever show to anyone else on the team that you're experiencing burnout or that things suck. You just got to like roll with it. Like you got to always be happy because if the manager don't magnify your problems. Yeah. 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 If, if the manager is showing like he's weak to the other guys on the team, then the whole team's going to start to crack. And I think, I think further than that, managers have to be the first that know how to be personally accountable, right? For sure. And yeah. so they're the ones that have to have kind of figured this out of, I know how to overcome my issues. And when I have issues, I know how to resolve them. Yeah. And so in, instead of share them. Mm -hmm. So I, instead of me sharing my problems, so other people now have problems, I now know how to fix them. So I don't magnify them. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And in not from manager span, standpoint, you know, you can just be a normal sales rep. Like I said, and you can still have buddies on the team that are trying to like drag you down. And it doesn't, I'm not a confrontational person. So like, for instance, in the past, when, when this has happened, it's not like, I'm like, dude, you're burning out. Like, don't talk to me. You know, it's not, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. No, it's, it's more so just like, I'll try to redirect it. Like, I'll just try to redirect the, the, the energy and just be like, yeah, you might feel like that, but dude, like think of how close you are to your goal or like, I don't know, something like that. Or like, yeah, dude, that sucks. But like, you had a great day yesterday. Like yeah. go out and do that again today. Like, I like it. But, but like I said, for me, and I honestly think this goes for everyone, if they just put their head down and do the work, if you are out there working and grinding towards your goal every day, you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't be feeling like super, super burned out while so, you're working. It should, I love that. it's probably just going to be in those hours where you're not doing anything kind of like we were talking about. So earlier. what, you, so what you're saying, so we can, we can kind of, and you've given me a lot of great stuff here and a lot of stuff to think about as well. You've talked about your routine and you've talked about being in the right pattern, but what you're saying here is when you're doing the right stuff, burnout doesn't affect you as much. Not as much. It's definitely going to be there, but yeah, it shouldn't. But when, you when you're doing the right things, the, the best way to proactively approach burnout is be doing the right things in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I like that idea because when I think on that, and this is really interesting, I've never thought of burnout this way. We almost bring burnout upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's always gonna be there, but we make it worse when we give in to burnout and we give up our consistency, our schedules, our- Yes. And that's when burnout then has room to take over. I think, and this is just me, I've definitely seen when I have that routine you talked about, I'm going to the gym, I'm taking care of my body, I'm reading and I'm studying on my own. And I'm, I'm, I'm sharpening my skills and my mind and stuff. When I'm doing those things, I feel like that keeps me on track. So when I get to work, I'm already a sharpened tool. Yeah. And I'm already being successful at home. I'm already winning the day. I'm already making my bed. I'm already working out and feeling good and looking good. And I'm already learning more because I'm reading books and watching videos and stuff. What do you like? You're not feeling a lot of burnout right now. You're, you've been doing this for five years. Mm -hmm. What are the things you're doing to consistently stay on top of that? Because you said, you said to me that this year you felt less burnout than normal. Yeah. So I what are you doing sure. this year? That's kept you away from burnout. Um, I, so what I found is when the going gets tough, it could be, 
you know, it can be like playing pick up basketball with your buddies. It could be at the gym or whatever. Like essentially when something tough comes up and you're faced with adversity, if you fold in something simple as like you're supposed to do 10 reps at the gym and you end up and only end up doing six because you don't want to do the extra four, then you're going to be like that. You're not going to do those extra four reps in any other category in your life. And so quite honestly, for me, what I've found that's just helped me to push through, like at the very end, when when the end is in sight or maybe the end's not in sight. Like I said, maybe, maybe it could be way far away, but nonetheless, if you're just, if you've done hard things to prepare you for the tough things you're going to face in life, then you're going to be able to combat those storms a lot easier than if you just try to shy away from like all the tough stuff. Like what I'm doing now to like try to help me prepare for next year is I'm just trying to do stuff. Like I don't really care to do. Like I bought an ice bath. I actually freaking hate ice baths, but I bought one, (laughs) but you're challenging yourself. Yeah. I bought one and I've been doing it and I'm starting to kind of like it. But like last night I was in the hot tub and I was like, Oh, I haven't done the ice bath today. I don't know if I want to. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? No, I got to do it. Hopped in personal accountability, freezing. Yeah. Personal accountability. It was freezing. And then afterwards, I was like, dude, I feel awesome. And you're going to feel good when you push through the the tough stuff too. You can look back on it and be like, man, that was really difficult, but I'm super glad I pushed through and was able to accomplish that. And kind of relating to what you had said about like just outside of sales is do stuff that like you enjoy. Like for me, I love mountain biking. We've already covered that. I like PlayStation and one wheels too. But (laughs) um, aside from that, just try not to like, try not to let the job take you over and like, don't be a slave to the job, figure out a ways to like be happy and do what you love, but also be able to be dedicated and like work super hard. So you yeah. can set yourself up. It's that work-life balance. Yeah. It's sure. that when you're not working, don't just sit at home. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think a lot of people fall victim to that. We live literally your phone's in your pocket. You pull it out, you start scrolling on Instagram and all of a sudden it's been three hours. Dude, I waste so much. Like I waste a lot of time, but even more so, I think us is, we just waste so much time on social media. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's when you're not working, give yourself time to enjoy life. Cool. Well, Carson, in final thoughts, burnout is going to affect everybody. It's yep. it's a given. Everybody will feel burnout in some way, shape or form. I think what we've determined is you can't completely eliminate burnout, but you can control the influence burnout has on your day-to-day life. Yeah. And the way you control that is one, proactivity, and two, self-accountability, being self-accountable. I think most successful people probably agree that no one's going to hold your hand to success. Mm-mm. Like you you can be successful and people can guide you and lead you, but there's there comes a point where you have to kind of stand up and walk the path yourself yeah. and hold yourself accountable to do these things. No, totally. You got to be self-made. Self-made. So article brought up, embracingintensity.com. They actually have an entire article with motivational quotes and stuff for burnouts. One of the quotes is the number one cause of burnout is doing the same thing over and over again and not seeing results. One quote that I really, really like that I heard a while back is just to kind of paraphrase it. If you're doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result, then it's just, it's insanity. You you gotta change what you're doing in order to- It's Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I found that if one week you're killing it, you could be doing way well. Then the next week you're just doing the same stuff over and over, but it's not yielding the same results. I try to kind of identify like where I'm going wrong so I can fix it and I can get back on that, you know, on that train for success. So Mm -hmm. 
and it's crazy. I mean, it happens, it happens a ton. Like it's not the, the crazy thing with this job is year after year. And I don't know if you can relate to this. Cause I totally, I talk to my buddies about this all the time that have been doing this job for a long time. I feel like each year I do it, it should get easier. Cause I mean, speaking in terms of like gaining experience in something after doing it for years, you generally are supposed to get way better at it, but it's funny because the job never gets easier. It always, there's always this new, there's always, it's hard. You can never get complacent. Yeah, exactly. So you've always got to constantly be searching for and looking for, you know, new ways to, to sell, to, to, I don't know, just set yourself up for success. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much, Carson. We are going to be coming back to you guys every single week with some more guest speakers, some more experiences featuring people who have been successful in door-to-door sales, people who have experienced or who have overcome certain challenges or topics that you, the listeners, might want to discuss. Please support us by subscribing to this. We're going to be coming out with new episodes weekly uh, with more awesome people like Carson. So watch out for these posts. Right now, the schedule is every Friday we will be posting these. So please subscribe. Watch out for those new episodes every Friday. And like Carson just said, give yourself a chance to study. Give yourself a chance to learn. You might not have access to a book you know, or you might not know what book you want to read. Maybe pick up an audiobook. Follow us and listen to this podcast. That's a great way for you to sit down and listen to something and hone your skills as well. Thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Chance. Excited to bring you another guest next week.